0: Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Welcome everyone to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. We are your hosts, Zayla and Eileen, And today we have James Kandasami. He is the Principal Director of Acquisition and Investor Relations at Achieve Investment Group. He has over five years of experience in real estate with more than three years in multifamily acquisitions and asset management. Today, James controls 1,700 multifamily apartment units, valued at over $130 million. He is also the author of Passive Investing in Commercial Real Estate, Insider Secrets to Achieving Financial Independence*. Thank you so much for joining us today, James. We're really excited and happy to have you on the show.
1: I'm happy to be here, Selah and Eileen. I think you guys are doing a really good job doing this podcast and educating others.
0: Thank you so much. Before we get started, can you share a little mm-hmm. bit more about your background and how did you get started in real estate?
1: My background is uh, I'm an electrical engineer, with an MBA and recently I got my CCIM designation. Being, I came from Malaysia like probably like 10 years ago to the US through a company transfer and three years ago, I resigned from my job after buying like almost, I think almost three 300 units. At that time, we were like 300 units and we were going to 700 units at that time. And we buy, I think we bought like five apartment complexes before I resigned. Right now, we have like nine and we're under contract on one more. So yeah, that's how I got started.
2: Awesome. So how did you get started with your first multifamily deal or syndication? And what were some of the major challenges that you faced along the way?
1: There's a lot of challenges, right? So <laughs> so when I, I, was, I started with single family first in 2013 So, because I didn't have the money to do multifamily. Too big, right? Too big. Million dollars, right? So single family, you can buy 20000 $30,000. You can buy deals in Austin or even San Antonio started buying single family, but I think we didn't have the money. And so we bought like almost 13 houses and we built up almost 400,000 of equity. From 2013 to 2015, we we started looking going direct to sellers, doing direct like yellow letter marketing, stack cold texting, cold calling, and, and that's what a lot of people do in real estate, right? They try to go direct to the sellers. And in in real estate, you can't you can do that. Like right? Stocks you can't do it. Right? You can't go to the company and buy the stock at cheaper price, right? Stock is all same price everywhere, <laughs> right? So so real estate depends on prices because it's a direct buyer seller agreement kind of thing. So we bought at really good prices. We 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 we, we follow that method called you know right, which is buy, rehab, or refinanced, and, and rent, right? Actually, we did buy, rehab, rent, and refinance, right? So that's what we did, and repeat the last one. So we did that, like, almost 13 houses, and we buy our first multifamily, 45 units, because uh, 11 houses, and it was too much work with the houses, right? So we said, okay, let's buy the 45 units, because now we can have a manager to manage that entire apartment, right? So we bought a, we had, like, four investors at that time using syndication uh, for the multifamily. Single family house, we own it ourselves. But once you go to multifamily it's much larger scale, we, we use syndication method to buy these big apartment complexes. And and then from there from forty five units to we are like at seventeen hundred units right now. Major challenges is always the mindset, right? So whether you can do it or not, right? Even buying the first house is also very hard, right? Because it's not easy to buy a house for investment, right? You can buy a normal house for living. Because you're not going to live on it and all that. Everybody mm-hmm. buys houses, but buying a house for investment, especially buying at a really good price, uh, it's very hard to do. But you know, you listen to podcasts, you read books. There's many ways that people share in real estate. Real estate is one way that people like to share their knowledge, right? The the biggest problem for people to get started in real estate or get ahead in real estate is because uh, they do not want to do it. Not many people really want to do it, kind of thing. They 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 say, yeah, I want to do real estate, but are you? Do you have that burning desire or not? you have that really, you really, really want it or not? And the guys who really, really want it, who will give up, who will sacrifice a lot of things, is the one that's gonna come up uh, very successful. So that's the biggest challenge. A lot of people, challenge is like, they cannot get out of their mindset. They cannot go beyond their, their limitations. They don't have the burning desire. Everybody want to be successful real estate. Everybody like to be, successful, but whether they really, really, uh, they have that burning desire or not. That's, that's the biggest challenge.
0: So when you say we for your mm-hmm. single family homes and your multifamily, mm-hmm. who do you, who are you talking about when you say we bought?
1: We means me and my wife, two of us. <laughs> we as a family. Yeah, correct. But it's a generalization for everyone, right? Anybody who want to get started, they have to be, they have to have that burning desire. And that is just missing from a lot of people.
0: That's great. So today in your company, is it just you and your wife still going yeah. forward?
1: Two of us running the entire show. We have like seventeen hundred units right now, almost hundred thirty thirty five million dollars in assets.
0: Wow! Congratulations.
1: Yeah, yeah, and of course we have our passive investors, which is very important, right? So, but but in terms of the GP side, we are the two people.
0: Mm-hmm. And so, Saleh and I are married as well, and and I would really like to get your advice on how do you make this partnership work and become successful, yeah. and and how do you communicate on the day to day basis as both husband and wife and as business partners.
1: Oh, that's the question that nobody has asked me in any podcast. (laughs) 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 That's a really good question because it's like, we always wonder right? how does husband and wife team works? A lot of husband and wife team, I mean, they are, I mean, most of they are people who like the husband really want to do it, but the wife doesn't want to do it. And there's a lot of people who wife want to do it, husband want to do it. But when you find both want to do it, that's really good. Right. So, but you just have to understand that it's not going to be easy. Right. And first of all, you have to separate what, one person going to do and what the other person going to do and like for in in our case and I'm the investor relationship underwriting finding the deals, underwriting asset management. She does the property management construction management right and I I'm an asset manager. I talk to investors. I like to go and step on her toe a lot because she's a property manager. I mean, everything runs on multifamily based on property management. So I like to always step on the. So right and sometimes sleeping at night'll we'll be,, hey, what about that? Did we hire that guy? Did we do this guy <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> We try to s- split it we can't split it. it 's very hard because you know, it's like you know it's part of your life right your real estate's part of life and 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 you always always managing projects. There's no such thing as you let it go and all that, right? So I need to, I mean, I, I've been better not stepping on a toe, but I still step on a toe some, once in a while because we have, I mean, like, for example, if you hire a third-party property management, you're going to be calling them, finding out what's happening, what's happening, right? What did y'all do, right? But here, because it's your own wife, right? <laughs> you, can, you can ask her very easily, right? I mean, during lunchtime or during dinner time, you can ask her, say, what happened to that guy? What happened to this project, right? So which can be a bit distracting. I mean, we have not been very successful in saying not gonna, we are not going to talk about work yet, even though sometimes we agree not to talk about work. But we have not been very successful in splitting work and real life. But we have we have been really good with not interfering on each other's domain, right? But it's also, that's also another vertical integration, right? As a wife, can talk all the time. It's completely vertically integrated, right?
0: 24-hour access. <laughs> yeah,
1: 24-hour access to a third-party property management. Right? <laughs> but I think you just have to understand that everybody's, what's the spouse strength is and what's, and you just have to respect that this is the her strength. Like I cannot do property management, right? And she she probably cannot do asset management or underwriting, right? That's what how I do it. So you just have to understand that each person play a role, and try to give space to each person to execute their work. As I said, but we have not been very successful hundred percent yet. But at least probably fifty to sixty percent we are we are successful.
2: Thank you so much for sharing. that. We appreciate that. Yeah, but make are sure you...
1: under, make sure you understand what's a, what's the strength of each other and try to split the work. Yes. James,
2: you mentioned about the uh, vertical integration. Will you be able to elaborate in more
1: detail what that is? So we are a vertically integrated company. That means we do asset management, property management, construction, everything on our own. And also we raise the money ourselves as well. And it just it's just how we got started. When we started single family, we used to do you know, managing the residents ourselves and we just continued on property management. We, find, we found a lot of uh, weakness on third-party property management. And we always think that, huh, this is the biggest third-party property management. And if they do this kind of worst job. I mean, there's nobody else who's going to do a better job other than us. And especially in syndication, we really want to make sure that we control the whole process because we do a lot more difficult projects and we don't rely a lot on market swings, uh, market demand. Uh, so we like to control a lot of our value at projects. So that's what meaning of vertical integration. We have everything in, in-house and it's just a lot more efficient because uh, property management is integrated with asset management and we raise the money ourselves as well. That makes sense.
2: And so how will you be able to share with us how are you able to find deals and especially nowadays and for your company able to move from 42 units to over 1700 units pretty quickly what what is the secret yeah, of finding those I deals
1: know. i don't know sometimes we feel like we are really slow you know because i see some people are buying every month you know <laughs> <So> <laughs> <laughs> we do like one or two deals per year kind of thing right but it i mean in, in relative it is quick right so how did we grow quickly right i mean so first of all i mean i, I address your original question how do you find deals finding deals you just have to do things that other people are not willing to do especially when you're starting up right so you have to go like what normal people don't want to do right Normal, 99 percent of the people don't want to work hard right everybody thinks that just go to a broker build a relationship with a broker go with go dinner with them go lunch with them say hi to them they're going to give you a deal but keep in mind brokers they have a fiduciary responsibility to the seller. They're not going to sell cheaply to some new guy who, and then they don't want to risk their 200, 300,000 of commission to this newbie, right? I mean, market is hot. Multifamily is very hot right now. There's so many buyers out there. So you, you always have to think as a newbie why this broker want to sell to you. Right? you can't. I mean, there's no reason the broker is going to sell to you unless they're they are your brother or your sister, your father or your kids, right? So then they'll sell to their parents or all, right? That's okay. But most of the brokers are not, right? So why they want to sell to you? So there's no real reason for them to sell to you, right? Unless you buy somewhere where in a location where nobody else want to buy, right? Or the price is so high or, or I don't know. There's no reason for a broker to sell to a newbie. There's completely no reason other than they, they're going to overprice to you. Or you're going to buy somewhere where nobody's buying, which both you do not want to do on a real estate, right? So you want to buy, always buy it, right? So working hard to find deals is, you have to be the, you have to put yourself on the shoes of the broker. So what does brokers do every day? They make call to sellers. Mm -hmm. so now you you be part of the broker and then you start making call to the sellers and that's a lot of hard work right that's what we're paying brokers for right because they find the deals and they have the fiduciary responsibility and all that so if you can do that kind of work where you're able to find deals directly from the sellers you you may not find a lot of sellers who are willing to sell to you but you'll find one guy who might sell at a good deal to you and there can be hundreds of people who want to sell deal to you but they may not want to give you the price that make sense, right? So, but that's a lot of hard work, right? As I said, I mean, everybody want to be successful in real estate, but not everybody want to work hard for it, right? So, yeah, that's what you have to do as a newbie, right? So, I think the second question is, how did we scale so quickly? I mean, we just keep on buying because we have really good track record. I mean, first of all, we bought it right, and we also operated right. My Shanti, my wife, she does the operation very well, and we're able to turn around very quickly, right? Because we have probably really good people in terms of managing the projects and managing the people. So both of that combination we're able to turn around quickly. So buying it right, managing it right, then you can absolutely get a really good value increase. So once you get a really good value increase, now you're paying back your investors. Now your investors gonna to tell to other people, right? And and so when they do all this is it's a cascading effect, right? You're buying it right, you're managing it right, and now you're giving to investors, investors going to refer to other people. It's just a it's a it's a cyclic it's a cyclic process right? So now you have get another deal, you're also buying it, right? So now your investor base is exploding, right? So that's how you can grow very quickly. But as I said, you have to do things that not everyone else want to do, right? For example, vertical integration. How many people want to do property management? I'm sure everybody says it's a thankless job, it's a worthless job, don't waste your time, that's not your skill, right? So that's an indication that not many people want to do. But if you are doing it, you have an advantage right <laughs> how many people have said that let's do yellow letter marketing uh, call call uh, excel and not do right most gurus out there teach you to build relationship with the brokers i mean it doesn't make sense which broker is going to talk to a newbie right so i mean so that's so why i said listening to this kind of podcast talking to people like me as i said you have to do things that other people are not willing to do It's a that very simple sense. concept very simple concept if you want to think same like people you become same. If you want to be different from people, you have to do things differently, right? Like what Albert Einstein says, right? I mean, only stupid people do the same thing over and over (laughs) over again, expect different results, (laughs) 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 right? So this knowledge has been there for hundreds of years. It's nothing new, right? And you can do all that in the US. The US is a capitalist country, gives opportunity to anyone out there to come up on, on their society, to make money i know uh, unlimited but as i said capitalist country reward people who works hard and thinks different right so
0: yeah and you have to be willing to put in the work
1: yeah yeah a lot of work <laughs> 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 all right so yeah that, yep. that's what it is yep that makes
2: sense thanks james As you mentioned we we had to do what the brokers are doing do we need some type of a license or anything to be able no. to reach out to no, the no, sellers
1: no 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 you can buy a real estate without license. Okay. And right. then... So, um, I mean, but license, of course, gives a fiduciary responsibility and all that, right? But but as I said, if you find really good deals, you go direct to the, the sellers.
2: Would you be able to share if, what, what are uh, the most effective ways to reach out to the sellers and how do we find those sellers?
1: Effective ways is like, you, of course, you have to find their contact numbers. Uh, first, you have to identify property lists first, right? What are the target properties first? Then you find the sellers behind that deal and you try to reach out to them through yellow letter marketing or through skip tracing, where you can find their phone numbers, you can find their addresses and all that. Then you start reaching out to them. No rocket science here. Just pure hard work. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, the most effective, is you have to try different, different ways, like three ways, right? One is a yellow letter sent to them, right? I mean... Postal office has been there for hundreds of years, right? Yeah. So <laughs> second is you call them. I mean, phone service has been uh, there for hundreds of years, right? Yeah. Third is texting. Texting probably has been new, maybe 20, 10, 20 years. But these are pretty well-known methods out there, right? So these are the methods that you reach out to them. Have
2: you found a lot of success in the reaching out to the sellers directly?
1: In the beginning, yes, uh, because I was looking for smaller deals, like less than 150 units. mm mm-hmm. Uh, which is still a big, big, big number yeah, of minutes, it's right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> for, for someone who just started. It's like, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah.
1: If you can, if you're someone started, if you're getting a your 50 units, that's done, right? You're done, right, kind of thing. Yep. Right? So yeah, absolutely. You can find deals above uh, below 150 units. Once you go above that, a, and the sellers become a bit more sophisticated. It becomes harder. But as I said, you can start with 50, 100 units. And once you do one or two deals, now the brokers start chasing you with all the off-market deals. Now they are willing to give you the best deals because you're no more newbie right so does so, that mean
2: that the the newbies are always getting the the worst deal at the beginning absolutely absolutely
1: <laughs> i'm not joking guys i mean why should a broker risk 100 to 200000 of their commission not only commission they also lose their face to the seller
2: mm-hmm. That makes right, sense. Because, now,
1: because the way the brokers work is, you have to understand the brokers also fight for the listing. They go to like the stand sellers. They say, please give me the listing. Please give mm-hmm. me the listing. Right. And a broker will say, okay, what's your specialty? The broker will say, this is my specialty. This is my resume. This is, I do this. I do this for you. Okay. How much you predict the price. They're going to give you three prices to the seller. They say, this is the highest price. This is a strike price. this is the lowest price. Okay, then, that, then the seller will have like five different brokers like that, right? So every broker says, this broker promised me the best. Okay, I'm going to give it to him. Now the broker can mess up by giving it to a newbie, right? Because newbie sometimes they, they're very shaky, mm-hmm. right? You can, you can drop the price or you'd ask, you can ask questions, which is, that doesn't make sense. And let's say throughout that process, two months closing process, the newbie dropped the ball. Now the broker lose their face, mm-hmm. right? So now they lost their commission. And they also lost their face to the seller because they, they, they did a lot of packaging material to convince the seller to give the listing. So the brokers won't play that game with the newbies, right? Yep. So, I mean, if someone telling you that a newbie got a deal direct from broker, as I say, yeah, there's two, two reasons. One is either newbie paying very, very high price or the deal is not really, uh, the deal is miscalculated, mis- misanalyzed, right? Second is they're buying somewhere where nobody else touches right? High crime rate area or somewhere in the middle of nowhere, right? That's the two reasons, right? So there's no way that a broker will give a good deal to a, a, a newbie. The second thing the broker would always, they may give to newbies when the newbie comes from out of state. Uh, let's say, for example, they are in Texas, they go to Florida and buy a deal. And uh, that could be the most expensive deal that the newbie is doing and the broker is giving it to the newbie because no, no locals want to buy that deal. For some reason, either it's overpriced or it's a bad area or something that locals all know, but this newbie from out of state doesn't know, right? Yes, so, that makes sense. So that is, the, that is the two, a few reasons that a newbie can get a deal from the brokers. As I said, uh, the third reason is, of course, they are, they are, they are either the brokers, their parents or their friend <laughs> uh, or their uh, brother, sister or their uh, children, then you can get a deal, right? So if not, they won't give you. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't make sense, <laughs> right? So, I mean, this is all normal brokers, right? They are brokers which is like uh, misclassified brokers. Sometimes there's a real estate agent who are always selling houses, right? And then their 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 friend or their fa- family said, "Hey, I have this apartment. Uh, can you sell it for me?" They think that all brokers are the same, right? Even the single family house that can be a mistake in the brokerage classification, because that is not a multifamily broker. That's probably a single family house broker. That could be a chance as well, yeah. If, if it's a, a, an agent which is a se- always sell houses and suddenly become apartment because they know, uh, the seller knows the uh, agent, only believe. I mean, he may have sold 100 houses and the seller have one apartment and you he say, hey, I just give it to the same guy. And if you find that kind of broker, yeah, then you can get a deal. Other than these few deals, there's no real reason for brokers to give deals to newbies. Thank you
2: so much for sharing that. So one of the things that you mentioned as well was mm-hmm. to making sure that you buy right. What does
1: that mean? Just buy it, right, means uh, you have to buy it at the right price, right? So, for example, you need that buffer when you buy, right? Especially when you're doing, when you're buying in a hot market, when, the, when you're going through a bidding process, right? It's very difficult to buy, right, when you're doing a bidding process, right? Or, I mean, you have to buy below the market value. That's what I call it, it's buy, right? If you buy at the market values, it's the same thing, right? I mean, if you're buying a, a grocery, uh, let's say you're buying a vegetable, from from a grocery store that is a retail price but we're buying the same vegetable from the farm
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's a wholesale price and it tastes better too <laughs> and right better, and for you. better for you <laughs> fresh too right so it's a different value right so buying that vegetable from the farm is buying right buying the same vegetable from uh, retail it's okay you're not buying it right in real estate because you're not buying it below the market value. You're just buying another real estate, right? So that's what I mean by buy, right? You always buy at a, at a discount.
2: So is there any sort of expected discounts that you should see, especially now during the COVID situations? And
1: um, I would say like 10% discount is a good good number. 10% because, discount? Yeah, because there's no late fees. There is no, I mean, the delinquency is higher right now. And also the lender side, there's higher reserves right now requirement, right? That is, mm-hmm. A few of those would cost you at least a 10% reduction in price. That
2: makes sense. Uh, thank you for sharing that. And finally, mm-hmm. you mentioned making sure that you're managing it right. Mm-hmm. Is there any uh, recommendation or tip or trick of how, what, what, how to ma- managing it correctly? just to manage it, it
1: very tightly on a daily basis. Make sure that everyone's, that you are managing as per your plan before you close. I mean, when you close, you're saying like, I'm going to rehab like 50 units or 100 units in the first two years. So to make sure that it's that, that plan is being followed up, right? And, and of course, you have to manage it very tightly to make sure that there's a budget for everything. You have to measure uh, actual versus budget performance on a very tight basis and all that. So that's what is uh, managing. Right? I mean, of course, there's a lot more things than that. I mean, not, I don't want to simplify that, but at least make sure that the property management and asset management is working very closely to meet the investment objectives.
2: Yep. So that definitely is another topic. Yeah, so it's a big topic. <laughs> it's a big topic and possibly would like you to come back on James at a later sure, time as a part sure, to, uh, sure, to talk about sure, that topic.
1: Sure. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah. it's, it's uh, I mean, all this is not very simple, right? This is super complicated, right? So I don't want to say it's very easy to do. It is very, very hard to do. But, you know, I mean, as I said, you have to think differently to really be exceptional than everyone else.
2: And James, right now, you already control over 1,700 units. So so what's next for you and your company?
1: Ah, that's a really good question. (laughs) (laughs) We we are looking more into ground-up construction right now as we go. And because we are not really rushing to buy deals every month. I mean, because as I said, we are the single GPs and we are very particular about taking care of our investor expectation, right? We do not want to buy deals just because deals are available and capital is looking for deals because then you become normal. Right. We wanna be try to be different from everyone else. And part of being different is to buy that deals that's a really, really good deal because you know, as I said, it's a cascading effect, right? It's a cycle. Mm -hmm. When you buy good deals, when you make good money, your investors base keep on referring keep on referring to other people. Right. So and we wanna keep that cycle going. Right. So we wanna make sure that we always have a good investor base who are happy with our performance, at the same time keep on referring to other people. So so we have, so so it is always very hard to find deals that meet our box, but that's okay. It's a long-term play. <laughs> yep, yep.
2: <laughs> so James, but, uh, how has real estate investing impacted your life so
1: far? Oh, it's crazy, right? I mean, first of all, it's a lot of fun. So your brain is always working. If you are working on W-2 jobs, sometimes become very monotonous, right? So I was a 22 years corporate employee. And I like to go into department, which is like always crazy, right? There's a lot of problems kind of thing so that I can go and solve problems. It's more, more, more fun. But there are a lot of people in my company who doesn't want to do all that. They want job security. They want stable job. They want, you know, everything to be running like clockwork every day. But like for me, I like to have more, the clock might go the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> right? So let's go and fix it. Right. So it's, it's a lot of creative thinking. And of course, it gives us the financial freedom for our life right now, right? Because now uh, we can spend a lot more time with the family, a lot more time with the family. And we, we make a lot more money too compared to working. At the same time, it gives you a lot of choices, right? So I can I can avoid all the traffic, which even though it sounds very simple, but you know it's a big thing right? when you go, can you go somewhere without the traffic? But of course, you do not want to have that headache of not buying it right and suffering, right? So that's so why I said, you know, we take it one thing at a time.
2: So, what is one thing that you know now about the real estate that you wish you
1: knew when you first started? That's a good question. The one thing about real estate I would have known is I mean, I of course I've I've known that everything's gonna appreciate, I would have buy more, but <laughs> <laughs> that's a hindsight 2020, right? So I mean I think the progression that we followed is, is a really good progression. We start with single family, we buy, rehab, refinance, and go to multifamily. We're doing uh, really good. But if I've I mean, the, I mean, I don't want to say that I should have bought more because we also are very lucky because the past 10 years, the real estate price going up, right? I mean, if the price is going down, then I cannot say that, right? So it's, very, it's a very not right statement if I say if I buy more, right? So, but just, I think we, we did all the right things as we go along.
2: So what tools or techniques have you used to improve the efficiency of your personal life or, or your business?
1: Business, oh, a lot of things. We have, we have Slack Real no Slack, yes. yes. Slack, Asana, all that's a really good tool. Dropbox, uh, Google Drive, everything is good. We have we have a lot of tools on the property management side, right? And uh, yeah, these are the key tools that as is, as is, is, uh, running our life right now. Uh, even that is still we mess it mess it up, but but at least use all these tools to manage your life.
0: Thank you. And so, James, if our listeners huh? wanted to find out more about you, where can they go?
1: Achieve Investment Group dot com achieve is like achieving a goal A-C-H-I-E, investment group dot com if anyone you want to invest with us just go to a link called invest with us over there uh, on the main page and you can definitely click and register yourself send me a mail james at achieveinvestmentgroup dot com i'm i have my own Facebook group which has like seven thousand people it's like hundred people joining every week with a forty percent rejection ratio so it's not like any it's not like everyone joining there's a rejection I mean, uh, that's more for people, you know, from outside, out out of the U.S. because there's no reason for them to be in that group. Yeah, Multifamily Investors Group is in Facebook. Multifamily Investors Group in in Facebook, you can find me. I'm in LinkedIn as well. And if any of you want to get my book, which is a top 15 real estate book, uh, you can go to PassiveInvestingInRealEstate.com, PassiveInvestingInRealEstate.com and get the book for free.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, James.
2: Thank you so much, James, for coming on to the shows today to talk to us about how to find the right deal and making sure you buy it right and making sure that you're managing it right. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Happy to add value to you all and the listeners. Thank you so much.
0: And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonifestcapital.com and fill out the Contact Us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.